This is Finding Sparkle, Chasing Light, and I'm your host, Nicole Brianne. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you had a lovely weekend. I am so glad that the weather is still lovely. I'm noticing that the sun rises so much later and sets so early, which makes it really hard to get up in the morning. But other than that, I am so grateful for Toronto's beautiful fall we're having and I'm just soaking it up as much as I can playing outside with Remy taking her to the playground going on walks being outside what else did I do this weekend I got my second Morpheus treatment which is I talked about it on my Instagram if you follow me there but it's basically like a microneedling treatment mixed with radio frequency Um, And it can sort of like promote collagen and anti-aging and just improve like the texture and tone and firmness of skin. Um, And I actually got it on my tummy uh, just to see. I wanted to see what would happen, you know? I have some stretch marks after growing sweet little rem. And honestly, I'm fine with them either way. So I think because my stakes are low, I was like, let's give it a try. It it came from like a healthy place as opposed to like, I wasn't super sad or anything. And obviously there's room for that for those of you who may feel different feelings about your bodies. That's fine too. So that's one thing I did. Um, I saw some friends on Sunday, which was lovely. And yeah, mostly just hung out, ate some good food, that sort of thing. Today on the show, I'm talking about love is blind and then I'm having one of my best friends Alyssa on to share I'm sharing a little bit of our conversation that we had the other day sharing some spooky stories and then I'm gonna tell you a little bit about a documentary I watched the other night that was really good on Netflix so here we go So I have a name for this new segment. It's called Pop of Culture. And in it, I will talk about something that has happened in pop culture that I'm digging or not digging, but just like a pop of it, you know, because maybe not everyone wants a whole episode dedicated to pop culture. I don't know. Maybe there still will be some episodes dedicated to that sometimes. But for now, it seems great just to do a pop of culture. So today I want to talk about Love is Blind, and I will warn you, there are some spoilers here, so skip ahead if you don't want to hear those. And for those of you who don't know what Love is Blind is, this is the third season of it, and essentially 30 people come together and date, aka like chat, in these pods. So they can't actually see each other, and it's supposed to foster like an emotional connection without worrying about an appearance. And you're only allowed to meet if you get engaged. And after that, you live together, kind of go on like a holiday and then live in these apartments they put you up in for I think three weeks. And then you have a wedding and you decide like at the altar, if you're going to go through with saying yes. So that's that. This point in the season, we have five couples, I think, 
who are engaged and kind of through the honeymoon phase now. They've been on vacation for a week and now they're moving into their shared apartments together back in Dallas where they live. And honestly, you'd think this show would attract like more diversity of like shapes and sizes and differences, but no. (laughs) And I think honestly, that's kind of sad because I worry society sucks and maybe people wouldn't watch a show as much like that or it would be very delicate and... I think people with certain differences might be worried to go on a show like that because they may not be met with the same love and acceptance when someone sees them for the first time. I don't know. I can't speak for different people, but this show basically attracts attractive, straight, able-bodied people, and yet I'm still watching it because I love me some good trash TV, you know? And honestly, these people are braver than me because I don't think I would go on a show like this. And sometimes really attractive people have problems as well in the sense that they're often approached or whatever pursued because of their appearance and maybe they want a chance at just finding an emotional connection too. So I love it. Don't always love the hosts. It's hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey. And they like, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but they often like tear each other down in like this weird marital banter. But for a show about finding love and a spouse, they are not the goals. Like that is not what I want out of my spouse. So that just seems weird to me. But every time they come out like to see everyone, I get like, I start like cringing because I know something's going to happen in the sense of like the couples first meet each other and then they're thrown together where, you know, they're now seeing everyone else that was on the show. So all the guys and all the girls have already met each other while they're dating in the pods. But then once you get engaged and you're out in the world with your new fiance, Now they go through a period where they're with the other couples and some of them are other people they dated, right? So someone might have pursued this woman in the end and proposed to her, but he was like debating about someone else and now he's meeting her for the first time too. So they're really kind of like, you know, you throw all these people in a pool together with their swimsuits on and drinks and of course, give give them those gold goblets and who knows what's in there. And it's going to stir up the pot, if you know what I mean. Okay, we're going to do a quick rundown of each of the couples before the next episodes come out on Wednesday. First up, Cole and Zenob. So Cole is obviously this, like, handsome guy. He has these really, like, puppy dog eyes. And honestly, I feel like between that and his smile, he can get away with a lot. A lot more than he would if he wasn't handsome. And what I mean is that he's not really always that nice to Zenab. Um, For example, he told her that she was a 9 out of 10, but one of the other girls he liked in the pods, now that he's met her, is a 10 out of 10. But then when she said that made her sad, because naturally you'd want your fiancé to think that you're a 10 out of 10, he said, honestly, you should be happy because I give... 80% of women under a 7 out of 10 or something like that. And I was just like, sir, please. 
So he can be a bit of a jerk and he's a slob, which like no judgment to messy people. I can be messy, but I'm just, I'm just saying he's, he's not, he's got some red flags. Like he says a fair number of those offhanded comments, at least what they're showing us, which has really messed with Zeneb's self-esteem. She is beautiful. She is radiant. She is full of life. And now she feels less than her friend Colleen. And she feels like not pretty enough or not good enough or not thin enough, um, which was like the opposite of what this show was supposed to promote. So I kind of hope she realizes that and catches on and understands that she deserves better. But I guess we'll see. Next up, we have Raven and SK. They, okay, they are starting to grow on me, I have to say. Meeting the parents or families or friends is often really awkward and has many cringy moments. This whole show has a lot of cringy moments. So if if you're someone who's awkward in life like me, this show like makes you feel good because you're like, okay, at least I'm not doing that. I'm not that cringy yet because I'm not meeting the parents of my fiance who I met last week. Okay, we're good. But meeting SK's mom was so lovely. She was just like so open and welcoming and loving. And it just like made me so happy because she just loves her son. And therefore, if if her son brings someone home that he cares about, she's like, I'm in, you know? She didn't ask, she didn't question it too much. I really liked that about her. And I really like how SK has been so supportive of Raven so Raven's very emotionally closed off and she's wanted to take things slower than many of the other couples who sort of just right after they met for the first time physically, they just like, you know, had sex and jumped right in and she's had a bit more of her guard up. She admits that she's not super physical And he has just totally embraced that. He's like, I want to love Raven in the ways that Raven wants. I'm totally down to take things slow. We're really building something special here. And I really commend him for that. And she's she's warming up. She's warming up to him. And I really respected her after her conversation with Bartise in the pool. If you know, you know. If you watch the show, you totally know what I mean. But she really earned my points after that conversation. Her friends weren't super on board and I didn't love that. Like I know friends look out for their best friend, but they kind of gave me like standoffish vibes, which is never overly great. Like my friends would be so warm. Like they would just be so warm unless the person was like really awful or something. But I still think in the moment they'd be warm and then they'd pull me aside and be like, okay, we love you, but we we want to make sure that you don't get hurt kind of thing. And he he's not he doesn't deserve that. It was more that he's going to be going to school in a different state and they're like worried about how they'll make it work kind of thing. Anyway, wasn't sure about her friends. They were a bit standoffish. Okay, next up is Colleen and Matt. In the beginning, they were like the couple. Like they just hit it off. They were like love bombing each other. Just like they were both like, oh, I've never felt like this before. I'm not normally like this. I'm not normally so smitten. But then you're just like, ooh, something's going to happen. Like something's got to give here. There's got to be a conflict somewhere. And sure enough, there was. And he just did not handle it well, in my opinion. 
he feels very controlling and possessive of her, but like not in a cute way because that's never cute. And that kind of scares me. And if you watched the most recent episode, he's like packing his bags because she didn't come home yet. She's like out dancing with her girlfriends and he's like, why doesn't she want to be home to her man? I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. You convince me otherwise, man, but I'm done. And I'm like, sir, you're all like 25. Like sometimes, and you're filming a show, like this isn't quite real life yet. And she wanted to go dancing. Like, don't move out. So he seems like he's got a bit of, like, anger management issues. And to be fair, he he came from a really rough, like, last relationship where he married, I think, his, like, high school sweetheart. And then a few years later, I'm not sure how many, he found out she was, like, with another man and was pregnant with another man's baby. And so they got a divorce. And so I think he just needs more time. I don't think he's ready for a relationship or definitely a marriage. So we'll see how that goes. Colleen, she's just like this young, bubbly, fun girl. So Colleen's personality is ballet. I feel like she focused so much on being a dancer. And I, I mean, I never pursued ballet professionally, but there was a long time. There was like a long time after I was done dancing that I still called myself a dancer. Like it really was my identity for a long time. And so I can imagine if you were like a professional ballet dancer, that that's a huge part of your identity, but it really felt like it was the only thing she said. It was just like, I'm Colleen. I am ballet, 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 ballet. And he's like, how are you? And she's like, ballet. So we're starting to see a bit more of her personality, but I think she also just needs a bit more time. Like she feels, it feels like she's just young and wants to have fun and wants to find love and hadn't found it yet. And I hope that she can see that maybe he needs to work on himself a bit longer before they would even, like, even if it is the right person, it's the wrong time. Okay. Nancy and Bartice. I am really rooting for Nancy, like team Nancy forever. I think she was a bit like much in the pods because she was talking about how she wanted like 10 babies and stuff. And I was like, whoa, I mean, that's a lot to be putting on someone. But now I'm like, Nancy could totally have 10 babies. Like I, I was wrong here. She's got her life totally figured out. She has this like growing portfolio of real estate properties and it's only continuing to grow. She wants to be able to support herself and do it with her future husband and be able to support their family doing this. She has like a couple brothers who are protective of her and her mom is so good at reading people because she works with criminals and she has that kind of like tough love, like a softy until she can tell that you're lying and then she pulls out the mama bear. Um, but Nancy, she's older than Bartice, and you can tell that he feels like a bit in, in over his head at times, even though he's like, he's working on his master's or just did it or whatever. And he's kind of like had a couple careers and he's been an accountant, like he's doing it, but he definitely isn't quite in the place that she is. And he also hasn't always made her feel great. And she's beautiful and lovely and fun, but she isn't as what society would say as hot as the other person he was pursuing Raven, who's like this super sexy Pilates instructor. And so now of course, Nancy feels insecure too. And then they had a conversation about abortion and Bartise just gave all the wrong answers, honestly. 
And regardless of what you think about abortion, like they just weren't on the same page. She's worked with a lot of like broken families because she's a speech pathologist as well. I forgot to mention that. And she's worked with many children who who have severe disabilities and she's seen the way that it's completely torn up their family and how the dad can barely even admit that he has this child and all these things. And she said it's opened her eyes to seeing that she can understand why people might make that really difficult decision. And Bartise is just like, I don't want, like he's barely having any of it. He's like, no, I could never imagine that. Like I could never. And she's like, what if someone, you know, has a bad experience or gets raped? And he's like, oh, well, I guess like that's okay. But if, and she's like, what if you're really young and you make a mistake? He's like, okay, they can have one pass. So he just has all these very specific views on that. Which, like, that's bound to happen when people are dating, sure. But then, when they're meeting his family, he decides, now would be a great time to tell my family about this really intimate conversation we had about abortion. Which I'm sure the producers, like, told him to do or something. But that obviously didn't go well. His sister starts, like, crying. And is just like, I, I'm too passionate about this. And basically, his family tells Nancy that like, well, thank you for being open to change kind of thing. They're not saying like, as a couple, you'll figure something out. They're basically saying like, thank you for being willing to listen to your husband's perspective kind of thing. And I was just like, ugh, red flag, red flag, red flag. Like, no, not, not here for it. Nancy, if you're listening, you can do better. Okay. Lastly, I saved the best for last Alexa and Brennan. They were the first couple to get engaged. They just like really hit it off right from the start. She is the first ever plus size contestant on the show, which is both exciting because good for her. She has totally been an empowered, strong individual, badass female, but also like super sad that we're here and and she's the first like curvy person. Anyway, it's not my problem to solve. But he also early on in the pods really opens up about like his parents' divorce and how he cried himself to sleep every night as a kid. He's serving emotionally available, self-aware male and we're here for that. Another really cute story at the start is they bonded over their love of like food and experiences around food. And he says that he loves to make shakshuka and she's kind of like, what? Because he's a cowboy, but she's Israeli and that's one of her favorite family dishes. So they were like, oh my gosh, this is wild. Um, I'm really hoping that they can overcome their like different upbringings and different lifestyles because it becomes very clear that he is basically like a Southern cowboy and he he's mentioned at times that he wouldn't have been able to eat when he was a kid if his grandparents hadn't helped out and he didn't always know if there would be heat or water. So he kind of comes from like the South, you know, and he's got that Southern charm. He's really lovely and nice. And she is an affluent Israeli woman. And you can just tell she's got perfect makeup, beautiful hair, perfect lips. She's like, into fashion and owns like an insurance agency or something, you know, and her dad says like, I want someone to be able to give her the life that she loves and that she's always had. So I hope that they can find 
their special spot together and and work their way through those kind of like differences because they are just lovely and I'm rooting for them. So the next few episodes come out on Netflix on November 2nd and I'm just really curious to see how this all plays out. Okay, this next segment is called story time where I do exactly that, tell you a story. But this week I am so lucky because one of my best friends, Alyssa, actually sat down with me for a chat. You've probably seen her on my Instagram because not only was she the first person ever to hold Remy hours after she was born, she's also one of my best friends, an incredibly talented photographer. Her and her fiance were the witness and photographers of my tiny elopement. She's the person who helped me understand my connection to the universe and be open to learning more about that. She's also just so lovely, so fun, and I probably wouldn't even have this podcast without her because she helped be my biggest cheerleader in starting it and coming up with ideas along the way. So we sat down to talk about some of our spooky childhood stories, and this is some of that conversation. I did grow up in a haunted house. So, Tell me more. Tell me more. There is that. Um, what are some good haunted house stories from your life? I mean, I don't think... Maybe or, it was always haunted, but we didn't notice it was haunted mm. until maybe five years before we moved. Oh. Um, and we rented this house that we grew up in. And the original owners told us later that his wife wouldn't live there because there's too many spirits. Whoa. And back in the day, my mom and dad heard that and they're like, that's funny. They're like, oh, your loss is our gain. (laughs) Exactly. So we always knew that, but didn't know much more about it. Um, It wasn't until my aunt had passed away that Mm. I think we were all a little bit more sensitive to maybe energies or looking for signs and then that's when we started noticing things. Ooh. Like what kind of things? I mean, it started off very tame. Okay. And I think the things that started happening were possibly my aunt's energy. Okay. Um, do you remember those like little angel figurines? And they would make them for all these different occasions. They were called like willow something. Oh, did they have them where like... They were like the little girl would be like hugging her mom or something. Yeah, it was faceless. Mm -hmm. But there were a whole bunch of those that my mom had like on a table. And they would always just like be in different formations when we'd come home. And like no one would touch them. And we were always just like, come on, someone's someone's playing the trick on who here. So stuff like that would happen, but you can't prove it. Right. Right. So you're just like. No one had like cell phones back then where you'd be like, I'll take a picture and then I'll take a picture when I get home or whatever. So stuff like that happened. Um, Yeah. So when my aunt passed, like we're a small family of six. So it was, it was hard for us and losing one person of that family unit. We all kind of grieved in different ways. And over the next year or so, we all found these giant white feathers somewhere that meant something to us. Whoa. Um, And it was at different times and different places. And like, this wasn't like a small feather that you found in like a pillow or something. Yeah, like, oh, this came out of my jacket. Yeah, these were like the size of your hand. Whoa. 
Um, I found mine in my keyboard, like my computer keyboard. After a big feather. Yeah. Came out of your keyboard somehow. I, I actually went for a run and I remember, you know, crying and kind of being upset and kind of like talking to her in my head. And when I came back home and I went upstairs to my room, there was a giant white feather just sticking out of the J. And her name was Jeanette. So whoa. it was in the J and I was like, whoa, yikes. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. My dad found his in his car. So tell me how a giant feather, a giant white feather gets in your car. Or your keyboard though. Like or did your it keyboard. blow in your window? Yeah. And I mean, stick right out of the J. So, wow. I mean, those kind of things, those aren't spooky to me. Those are signs from loved ones. Right. Um, but then I think that opened us up to right. maybe more or noticing things. Um, later on, you know, I think me and my mom are very sensitive to energies and stuff. And we could sense that, it, you know, certain things were my aunt, certain things were not. And as the years went on, mm. things would start changing and happening. And it was definitely not her. Um, we'd come downstairs sometimes in the morning and all the kitchen cabinets would be open. Oh, my gosh. Um, we would have the dining room light just like flick on like as a low dim. So you'd come out one day and you're just like, oh, dining room lights on. And that would kind of be like our signal that was like something's happening. Someone's here. Someone's here. Us. Um, my mom has a lot of really old wood clocks from Holland. Mm. Um, sometimes they would all sync up to the same time and then the doors of them would open. No, I don't like this. No. Why are clocks so spooky when They're they... They're so spooky. It's like when they suddenly have a mind of their own, they mm-hmm. seem spooky. Yeah. There's these really creepy Dutch dolls that my mom inherited from her grandmother. I don't like them. I never liked them dolls creepy i i feel like one had turned once and i was like absolutely not no no i remember my this is probably just a weird thing that happened but i remember like 10 years after the furby phenomenon oh yeah like we had a couple furbies um i went into the basement once and like i don't even think it had batteries anymore or something like and i opened the storage unit in the basement like kind of i don't know if it's like a storage unit it's like a door like a a basement storage yeah. closet and one of the furbies was like like moved its eyes and like opened and like like came to and i was like no no how absolutely not like you've been dead for 10 years i yeah. have not put batteries in you no like what is happening or like the batteries were long dead yeah. or whatever anyway no creepy things so many creepy things we used to have some weird things that i can't even remember all the details now but i remember I got like a new video camera or something because my parents were really supporting my video editing dreams that I had. And like it had been completely taken apart. Like I think we oh. my, some weird things had happened and my sister and I were like, we should film it. Yeah. Like we should leave the camera when we go out. Yeah. And then I was like, great idea. And I don't think I actually had like turned it on or anything, but we got home and all like the batteries, the memory cards, the court, like everything was like misplaced and like put on a chair in the dining room. And I was oh. like, this ghost ghost does not want us to film. No. Clearly. I know. But yeah, like there's such weird things. And you think you'll remember them all when you're a kid. Cause we had some weird stories too. Yeah. Not quite like that. And not like a specific relative that would have been like significant mm-hmm. that I can remember or anything like that. But so that we could differentiate like yeah. if it was a relative or just someone else. But 
yeah, I feel like at the time I was like, how could I ever forget this? This yeah. is terrifying. And then like now I'm yeah. old and I forget a lot of those stories. And I feel like once you're in it, it's not as terrifying as yeah. hearing it because we just got so used to yeah. it. It was like I'd come down and you for still work feel in the safe morning. in your home. Yeah. So it's not like. And again, what am I afraid of? The dining room light was on. Like yeah. there's no threat to me, but it was just so normal. It got to that point That's where I was just weird. like, oh dining room lights on again let you're me just like, go turn this off you're like listen spirit I'm at like, least could you just turn it off when you're done well that's the thing like, when you're, you're done not your paying meal. the bills yeah. so like close the doors of the clocks yeah i remember um i performed at this like show at the Banff springs in alberta and the Banff springs hotel is notorious for yes. being haunted so we went and asked the people who worked there um lara my friend lara and i we went and asked like what are some of the haunted stories? Cause there was no Google back no. then that I could find this. And they were like, okay. Like I think a baby died in like this one room. And so they like, don't use that room anymore or whatever. And so we like went to that floor and I'd say it was like room seven eleven or something. So you go to like seven Oh nine, seven ten, And then there's just wall. Oh, they got rid of it. They just blocked it with like a new wall. But if you knock, all the way across the wall, it like changes where the door yeah. is behind it. And there's still like the light above mm. like where your door would be. Yeah. And then it skips over like odd numbers are on right. one side of the hall. So it'd be like 709, 713 or whatever. And like hallway doors aren't that far apart. And sometimes there's like a bigger unit or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like it's so obvious when you're just walking down the hall that like this is a really long stretch without a room. But yeah. we were like, oh my gosh, is that true kind of thing. And then I remember um, my friend's parents, they were, like, part of this big, like, show that, like, it was for, like, this oil company thing. So they were staying in this penthouse, like, it was, I think it's where, like, sometimes like, literally, like, royalty stay. And so you get on your own elevator oh, yes. and you go up. You have to have, like, a code to get in. And then the elevator, like, opens in their suite. Right. And I went up with, um, this is wild to think about, but I went up with my, f my dance teacher, her daughter, who's now like a pop sensation, Tate McRae. Oh yeah. So I went up the elevator with Tate and she was like maybe five or six and we get off the elevator, the door opens and she goes, hello. And I'm like, who are we saying hello to? There was no one in the room. So I'm oh like, gosh. except me with her and like her mom, I think. Yeah. But she's not looking at us. She's looking straight ahead at yeah. someone. And, and then she like looks up, she's like the man and looks right back at the same spot. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what, what man? She's like the black man. And I was like, nobody oh, there. Nobody's here. And so when we asked one of the haunted stories, apparently there was a black bellman oh. who was like the bellman of that suite who died. Oh, and, wow. the, and like they say that his spirit kind of, yeah, or like his soul or whatever kind of like still resides there. I, I like, have I have goosebumps again. too. Because she was so, and they say sometimes that kids have like more accessed kind of because they they're do. so innocent and pure that like they don't have, like they're still kind of closer to the other realm. They've yeah. only been earth side a little bit. Yeah. But she, and I remember her mom told me that her brother Tucker on an airplane once looked out the window and was like, mom, what's that woman doing on the wing? It could have been men. I'm like, if I'm yeah. getting the details wrong, Tanya, I apologize in case you ever were to randomly <laughs> listen to this. But I distinctly remember her saying that Tucker was like, who's that person on the window? And she's like, there's no one on like what? oh my gosh like she's like freaking out she's like what like are you sure and he's like yes like he could describe it and yeah. stuff but yeah tate saying like hello <laughs> and like i'm not kidding she was looking 
yeah. directly at someone. Like yeah. when she would look at, back at me and then look back, like I started to think that I could see the person too yeah. almost because it was it wasn't just like a baby like no. babbling like hi hi hi. She no. was five or six or whatever. So yeah, that wow. was kind of spooky. But then when you're at the Bam Springs, you start to like a bride apparently fell down the stairs and was holding a candle or something and her hair caught on fire and she died or something like that. And that was from like 1920 or something like oh, wow. years ago. But that one you really start to like, cause there's lots of like curtains and like windows open. You yeah. start to think that you see it. But so when you're a kid, your imagination runs wild of at the course. back because it's an old castle. Yeah. So you're going to think you see things when you don't necessarily, but yeah. Yeah, that one got me. I was like, "Oh my yeah. gosh, that's crazy!" And then, when, but then when you're like, a, like I think I was like twelve or thirteen, and all of our friends, like we all kept being like, "Oh my gosh, did your like light turn on at night?" Like you, and like half the stories probably were like in our head, but we're like, "We didn't leave our air conditioner on. We came back and it was on." Or like you know, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "It was a ghost," and it's like, "No, you probably just forgot what you did, or like yeah. you actually left your clothes out or whatever." Yeah. But you start, you're like. It's part of the fun. I'm like, mm-hmm. is the hotel just in on it? Like, do they just like no, make up the story? I think it's haunted. I, no, I think it's haunted too. I think there's a lot of haunted. And there's places. a lot of haunt. There's a lot of stories that come out of the Bam Springs, so I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, wild. It is wild. And I mean, I think at the time too, before my parents moved, I just kind of thought like maybe it was some of my mom's antiques that she bought, or mm. like maybe you know it's just followed us or something. And when they moved to their new house, it was crazy to feel the energy shift in the house Mm. because i remember feeling very freaked out in the house like in the old house and like sometimes you just kind of get the heebie-jeebies like you just be sitting somewhere and be like "Ooh, i don't like like kind of like goosebumps like when someone cracks an egg down your spine remember that dot dot line line but but no one did that to you you just kind of have like someone feels like like they're behind you you feel like someone's watching you like i would get that in the house and sometimes i would leave i would just be like okay for a walk i'm gonna go do some errands or something and i'd leave and i thought that was kind of just normal until they moved to the new house and i was like i feel nothing in here like i could be in the house alone in the dark and i literally feel nothing so that made me realize how spooky the other house was because we had i mean i'm forgetting probably a hundred instances that happened but like things would go flying like just just weird weird things and like i don't like it i don't like it at all no because i can understand that like our energy is just energy. So like when we die, like it has to go somewhere. Like even if your body, like if you're not part of your like physical body, like where does the energy go? But it's when weird stuff happens. Like if, like when I die, can I just be like the person that shows up as rainbows? Yeah, sure. Or like a feather on the keyboard? Yeah. Like something happy? Yeah. Maybe I'll come back as like the $20 bill you find in the parking lot. That's just great. every day. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'll just be $20 bills. Yeah, Maybe perfect. 50. Like inflation is probably going to be $50 yeah, you gotta, $100 bills. You're going to account for that. But like I don't want to be scaring people. No. You know? With like throwing a plate across the room or whatever. No. Wild. I, know. I mean, you could tell people, does anyone else have spooky stories? Am I the only one that lived in a haunted house? No, I, you can't be. Like, because sometimes I feel like... Especially These are so live in older houses. Mine wasn't old though. Oh, I but mean, especially I feel like there's more of a chance for that sure. someone could have passed away in the house or whatever. But now I wish you could go back and ask that landlord like what his wife felt I there. Know. Well, it was a corner house, and I remember her saying that. So they were Chinese, and they 
do believe in like feng shui and right. certain things. And she had said, we will never live on a corner home because it's a highway for spirits. Oh. That it's better to live inside so you have houses on you both sides. I mean, that makes total sense. It does. So, I mean, I believe her 100%. And she never wanted to live there. They bought that house and she was like, absolutely not. And I mean, what a lovely partner, husband, to be like, no problem. No problem. We'll rent it we'll to rent a nice it family. We'll rent it to this nice white family from, from... who has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> they don't feel spirits. They don't. They just drink soda pop and watch TV. That's they're, right. They're Americans. Yeah. Yes. So. We lived there for 24 years. I remember you said that and that your dad, like, yeah. they kept the rent nice and yeah. your dad, like, well, I mean, we took it up. Sorry, that wasn't to say that you drink soda pop. I was just making, like, a joke <laughs> about, like, white American, yes. like, culture. Like, yeah. they won't feel spirits. They're they too won't. busy watching TV. It's true. But, yeah. Wild. It That's was wild. wild. I mean, I still have one little connection to the spirit world and it's just through my aunt that mm. still happens at the new house. Oh, and what's that? Um, so my aunt had this jewelry box okay. that was kind of like a glass box. Um, and like you could hang necklaces inside. And I used one to have of those, one like this. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so she had this like little... Like one side had kind of like little drawers yeah, and then one, one side drawer, had like a glass front you could and hang. And it had and the like a little spun. magnet. Oh, okay. So you'd open the door yeah, yeah. to get your necklaces, right? And the thing spun mine. Yes. It was kind of like a chandelier. So yep. you could like turn it and get that That one necklace. does too. Mm. So she had this little bear figurine. Okay. And she would keep it on top of the jewelry box. And as a kid, I would always go over to her condo and I thought it was so funny that I'd put the little bear inside the jewelry box mm. and I'd lock him in. And it was just like a game that we played. <laughs> so next time I would like, you know, go put it, would, it again. Yeah. Go put it again. I thought it was so funny. So when she passed, I asked for that jewelry box because I was like, oh, that's something that me and her have together. With the bear. With the bear. Okay. Um, and this started happening in the old house, but it has continued to the new house. The bear goes into the... Yes. <gasps> so she does it. So I put the bear in. Oh, and she takes it out. She takes it out. And I'm not even way. kidding you. Like, Chris thought I was making this up. But it, and it happens, now it happens about once a year. Like, it's totally random. But Just when you need it, it'll it's happen. It's always because this jewelry box now lives at my parents' house. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring it with me to Toronto. Lately, when it's happened, I've had a dream of her. Whoa. And I will text my mom and say, can you go check my bear? And she'll text me a picture and it's out. Whoa. And that does your mom put it back in or does she wait till you come? She waits for me. So I put it back in. But it's a weird signal. So cute. That me and her still have. And, and now your mom's like part of it too. She is. Is it your mom's sister? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's really cute then. So she's kind of like, oh, she was here. Yeah. And I mean, I have more stories about the bear, but like, it's a weird connection to the other side. At least it's like a cute one. It is. Like, it's I mean, just like a cute little bear. I used to hear the magnet sometimes. Oh, that's like, that's creepy. When I lived Wait. in the room and okay, then I'd yeah. go look and she was sitting out there and I was like, I was right here. How did I not see that? But you'd hear the magnet. Oh, wow. That would be like a triggering sound after Oof. a while. I know. Yeah. I guess someone showing up as like a sunset is less. <laughs> it's less in, alarming. In your home with you. Yeah, it really is. But wow. I mean, it is a nice... Now I want to know. Now I need to know next time it happens. You'll have to report I know. back. It hasn't happened Have in a you while. put it back in though? Yeah, she's back in currently. Okay. Yeah, the bear does she? Uh, does sure. she have a name? No. Just the bear. Oh, the bear. Well, I mean, that could of be course. her name. Just... The bear. And crazy 
story too when I was engaged the first time. Right. And things were not going so well. Mm, she wanted to tell you. Uh, my ring went missing. And I couldn't find it anywhere. And I couldn't find it for days. Oh, and I was like, totally had it. Yeah. I came home from school one day and the ring was sitting on the counter and the bear was on top of it. Oh, like squishing it. Yeah, like, like squishing it. And I was like, okay, thanks for finding it. And also, off. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're going to have to break this up. The bear does not agree. <laughs> I love how like it's like your aunt is like the bear. She now. is the bear. And she's like a mama bear, it sounds like. She is. So it's yeah. perfect. So that is my only current spiritual connection. Wow, I love this. But I wonder when the bear is going to come out. I'm going to have to text you next time yeah, it does. Now I need to know now that your you mom's going to put me in the group chat. Yeah. Well, if it's her who finds it. Yeah. I mean, Chris does not like the bear. No. <laughs> it that's... freaks him right out. But at least the bear hasn't taken his engagement ring. It's true. She ob- yeah. she obviously approves. She does. So that's Chris good. did get a feather. Oh. Mm-hmm. In his keys. Whoa. In his car keys. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's wild. It's so wild. two in the car, though. Two car-related ones. Yeah. My dad in his dash and Chris is in his keys. Wow. And Chris is a car guy. He is. So for it to show up in his car keys, if it was his bike or his car keys, yeah. we, we know that it's significant. I know. Yeah. I think I still have a picture of it because oh, wow. I took a picture of it and he was like, mm, don't like this. <laughs> but also it's like you're in the family now. Like you're getting like, feathers. It's a good thing, but he does not like any of this. No, it is kind of... Sometimes people don't like to admit that it could be real. And then when it confronts them, it's like, oh, it is. It is real. Uh oh. I know. But I mean, people in religion believe it in a different way, but it's the same thing. They believe that they can, like, Mm -hmm. well, not every religion. I can't speak for religion, but they believe that, like, people can show up for them when they die. Or, like, you know, there's books about, like, signs and how people come back. And yeah. So in every different type of, like, faith or. Yeah. The universe or whatever, there's always some connection to like the spirit world. So we can't avoid it forever. Until it happens to you, it's very unbelievable and it's it's hard to think that Yeah, or you can just say, No, no, no. No. That that was a coincidence. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. But But I think people just don't like thinking about death. Which makes it harder. Yeah. Lucas hates thinking about death. And I think stories like that kind of hit you in the face a little with death. It's like because I think people at most can accept that someone dies and then they're like, okay, they die. I never see them again. But it's like, or do you? Or maybe not. Maybe they do. Maybe you do see them again as a feather. Yeah. And you're just like, ah. Yeah. And I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. Like I want, if I die, I'm going to show up as a lot of things. I don't even oh. care. I'm going to be in your face. Great. I love I'm it. I'm going to be in everyone's face. You need to tell people though, like what you're, what you're planning on. It might not be. I don't know if you get to, do you? Do you think you get to plan like that? I was Maybe. reading I was reading a book called Signs, literally. Yeah. And she's like one of the most famous, like she helps people connect to people who've passed away. Mm-hmm. And some people, they they see her when they haven't felt a sign, like it's been so long and so like hard for them because they're like, I just want my like mom to show up or whatever. Yeah. And then some people are like in your face. Like she she like starts to kind of do the reading or whatever. And it's like, it's like loud. Sometimes it's just like, she's like, wow, I feel a presence. Yeah. Like this person wants, I'm like that. I want to be that person. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes people will say like, 
I'm going to try to come back or like give you a red card and all or hundred dollar bills in the parking lot. I mean, that would be cool if I could do that though. Oh my gosh. Like I I just get to make people's day all the time. Yeah. And they wouldn't even know it was me. No. But my family would. Yeah. I'll have to f- come back as something else too, though. Yeah. I don't know how much control I have over where how I'm getting I these hundred dollar bills. Because <laughs> that means someone else has to lose them. That's true. So I don't know. Maybe that's not the best. Maybe that's not the best. So maybe I'm a jerk for even <laughs> thinking that. But then again, if someone's just dropping hundred dollar bills, like maybe I mean, they're doing okay for themselves. That's true. And the person who finds them might need it more. Okay, yeah. Maybe it could be five dollar bills then. Yeah. And also, it'll have to be something else. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna think about it. Okay. You let me know. I will. <laughs> Okay, this week on Late to the Party, I wanted to talk about a documentary that Lucas and I watched this weekend because, oh my gosh, I kind of just put it on as background noise initially while I edited some photos and then I was hooked. And honestly, I'm embarrassed by how late to the party I am on this story because it was happening in 2017 and I had no idea. So basically, there's this Swedish journalist named Kim Wall, and she's writing a story about Peter Madsen and this sort of like arms race to create the first amateur trip to space. And he is kind of this like eccentric guy who builds submarines. And so she goes on a submarine ride with him and the submarine unexpectedly sinks and no one's on it, thankfully when it goes down. So you initially think, perfect, him and her both got rescued. Great. No. The rescue vehicle comes back and only he is on it. So where's Kim? He claims he dropped her off at the shore before it happened, but no one's heard from her. So that's the intro. The documentary is called Into the Deep the submarine murder case. So I don't think I'm giving anything away that the title isn't already telling you, but what was wild and fascinating for me anyway about this documentary is that a film crew had been following Peter and his journey for the for a couple of years before this all happened. So there is footage from the day that He went on the submarine ride, August 10th, 2017, with Kim Wall. There's footage of him being interviewed moments before he heads out. There's footage from the day before, the week before, a year before. And then there's footage following the whole journey after from when she's missing and how it all goes down. So that was really fascinating to me because I love watching, yeah, like, the unraveling of a human or like if there are any clues or hints. And I just thought it was fascinating and I don't want to spill the beans and I don't want to reveal any of the secrets because I really think you should watch it. Even though this was obviously a massive news story um, when it was happening, but it's totally worth watching. And another thing I loved about the film was that the people he worked with, like his his crew and his colleagues, they're finding out in real time what's happening as well with this film crew. And I was telling Lucas that I don't necessarily think that the same film would have been made in North America because I just get the sense that we are so much less 
emotionally available and like open than the Danish seem to be. I feel like so many people here would just, as soon as that tragedy happens, like finding out your boss or your friend may have just like murdered someone and you had dinner with him the night before kind of thing that you'd be like, this documentary has to stop production. Like I'm out. I can't speak to anyone anymore. Like my lawyers are involved and yeah, just more like dismissive. Like I'm not going to talk to the cameras anymore, but they were just all so open and they were processing this in real time, like in front of a camera, they were grieving. They were you know, I couldn't, be- I, I can't believe he would do this to like, I'm really sad that the person I know could have done this. And they were like accepting it and open to sharing how it was making them feel and grieving this person they knew and the life of Kim as well and holding space for that, which I just really thought was beautiful and sad. So if you're looking for something to watch, I highly recommend Into the Deep on Netflix and let me know what you think. And also, I'd love to hear what you're watching or who you're following, anything that I might be late to the party on. So please send me a DM at Finding Sparkle Chasing Light on Instagram. That's our show, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Special thanks to Alyssa for being on the show and being such a supporter. Alyssa and I want to do a whole episode on spooky or wild universe stories, so message me yours too. And if it's too long to write in an Instagram DM, send me a message and I can give you my email or we can do voice notes. We want it all. I want your stories. A huge thank you, obviously, to Lucas for producing and editing and taking our little squad out so I can have the quiet condo while I record this. Big thank you to Mike Halleck for the music. And remember, you can only meet someone as deep as you've met yourself. That's our show. Thank you so much.